Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran jazz saxophonist and vocalist Darman Meter. He opened up about his new 2023 album called Losing My Mind. He is a founding member of the New York Voices and stands as one of the most gifted tenors, multi-instrumentalists, composers, and arrangers in the craft. And on the second album, he continues to do what he always does. He shines and he's evolved. He's got a great story. Enjoy this interview. Now, have we met a person at one of our Kansas City, New York Voices gigs in the past or, at all? No. Yeah, that was last. When was that? Uh, it was sometime in the fall, December or something. I can't remember exactly. But yeah, we, it was kind of when they were reopening the, reopening the, the hall after they got yeah. uh, finished the renovation. We probably just, you know, like inadvertently ghosted each other. But yeah, I'm sure that we've all... <laughs> We, we've all collectively been in the aura, so it's great to actually catch up with you. So I appreciate yeah, well, you taking a minute as, today. As long as it was inadvertent, I guess we're all we're okay. Yeah, right. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, especially with this post-COVID world, everything's totally upside down anyway. So, oh, gee, uh, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, right. But that is the context. Before we get into losing my mind, I, I want to know how did you survive that COVID period and how has it subsequently changed the way that you live your life now? Well, yeah, I mean, I, well, the interesting thing is, first of all, I, I, I was an early adopter of getting COVID. I had it in March of 2020. So wow. I, I kind of, I wandered into um, the COVID experience in a slightly different frame of mind than a lot of people in that I wasn't afraid of getting COVID. I already had it and was now just trying to, navigate it from kind of the other side of that um um it was i mean the interesting thing is my wife and i had moved i mentioned we were upstate new york now a little bit about an hour and a half north of the city so we had actually just by coincidence moved up here about six months before the pandemic started and so it was actually a slightly more uh relaxed place to be than certainly down in this new york city area where i'd lived for you know the previous 20 to almost 30 years um but it was still so strange i mean my obviously you know people who know my background know my my connections with new york voices as you know for we're, we're in our 35th year together so it was very weird to not see each other for for so long we didn't we didn't actually see each other as a collective for almost two years because new york voices is actually we, we don't all live around new york we've got people one person in ohio one in new hampshire we're very spread out um so on that side it was very weird on a creative side, it was interesting. I mean, this project, uh, my, my, my new solo album, really grew out of actually having that time to live in my solo music for a while. Um, I also got into some different kinds of teaching things online and collaborating with some other friends. My good friend Rosanna Eckert and I did some collective improvisation classes together, which was really a, 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 a nice thing that grew out of that. But of course, you know, it was all under the kind of gloom and doom of wondering, you know, what's what's coming around the corner. And, you know, I think we're all still feeling that in the arts world, uh, even though we're in, in theory, we're kind of sort of on the backside of that experience. We're we're still finding, obviously, that, you know, getting live music on its feet is is a, a, little, a little tricky after all that, whether it's the, uh, you know, people still worries about being in large groups and also just you know, the, the money that's involved in, in the arts is a little suspect right now. So we're all kind of navigating that. But, you know, we we do the best we can. Certainly. So losing my mind, talk to me a little bit about this project. 
Well, I had been long overdue for me to do another solo uh, project. Those people, those of who follow either me or New York Voices in general, know that the four New York Voices members all like to stretch out and do our own thing as well. I think it's one of the things that's kept the group together as long as we've been together is that we all feed our creativity in other ways, not just from the group. And, and um, But I hadn't done anything on my own in a long time, and partly because I, it always just sort of sat on the back burner while I was kind of, you know, running the show with New York Voices. And um, finally there was the time. And I had uh, some arrangements that had been already written and, and I'd started using them on live gigs here and there and others that were just sort of ideas that were still still percolating. And I just sort of dug in and said, this is a time I can do this. And the other interesting thing that happened is that we, you know, I mean, obviously jazz in its purest form, if you're going to record it, you want to be in a studio with everybody that's that's playing together and singing together and kind of enjoy that, spont- that spontaneity that takes place in that moment. Um, but some of the arrangements that I've, that I had done were were on a larger scale, maybe like a big band or full strings and lots of moving parts. And they were, because of the way they were orchestrated, I thought, you know what, we could try to record these in this virtual realm that we're all playing around with. And so I did that. We passed these tunes around. I I built the arrangement in some sort of like MIDI world. And and then I sent it to the drummer and he'd record a nice drum pass. And then, then I would record a, a, a basic lead and I put some sax I put the sax parts in for the big band you know you get the idea we're building it like block by block and I had all these different friends just record from home because we had all figured out how to do that by by a year into the the pandemic um and what I also did just for fun is I had people just make a little video of themselves while they were recording so I actually could also put together you know some of those like little virtual you know multi-box <laughs> Brady Bunch kind of <laughs> videos of us doing this stuff together, and I posted some of those when when the when the album came out. I posted some of those on online, um, just to kind of like give it a little other angle so people could kind of see the process. But in doing it this way, it was just kind of a, a something that could be done sort of gradually over over the I don't know. The, I guess I started kind of in the fall of twenty and kind of finished recording in early twenty one. Uh, but then by the fall of twenty one, we were kind of like okay. It's, it's cool to go into a studio again. Uh, and so I did get into a studio down in Brooklyn uh, with Andy Ezrin, my pianist, and Jay Anderson on bass and Marcello Pelletieri on drums. And we actually recorded the second half of the album in the, the more traditional, like, okay, ready? One, two, here we go. Um, and that was great. Uh, the energy of that session was so nice because most of us hadn't even really done a session like that in, in two years. And so it was really nice to be back in that environment. So when did you discover that you had a voice and you were going to pursue music? I think I knew I was going to go into music as far back as I can remember. I grew up in an artistic family. My father uh, is a painter and he's a retired uh, college professor, art teacher. My mother, uh, well, she was a French teacher, but she also is a professional potter. She's still making pottery at the age of 85. Um, and uh, so I, my parents just sort of, you know, the, the, the space was there for me to just sort of be a creative kid. Um, but I also grew up kind of in sort of off the beaten path a little bit. I grew up up in Maine, and I, there wasn't a lot of uh, music going on in terms of, you know, public school. There was some, of course, but it wasn't wasn't an environment for me to kind of really get super focused. I kind of sort of stumbled along as a, as a kid, but I think I always knew I was going to go into music. I can still remember 
trying to figure out chords on a piano before I even knew where middle C was. Um, and, but it was really by the time I got into high school, I started to get more focused on it. And I always, the interesting thing, I always loved to play in band and I always loved to sing in choir. And luckily I didn't have to decide. I was, cause one of the advantages of being in a small school, you're just like, oh, you're the musical kid. Come do everything, you know? Um, and so I got to do both and I actually was studying classical music at first. There was no jazz really experience for me to, to, uh, be a part of as a kid, and by the time I got into college, I, then I, I really started focusing on jazz. And I happened to be a saxophone player, so, I, well, I happened to pick the right instrument, so that was good. And I just sort of fell in love with more the freedom of jazz. Um, and I also, along the way, I kind of discovered the some of the vocal groups in the out there. You know, certainly Manhattan Transfer was the big one when I was, you know, up, you know, going through high school and college. And then that led me down the path of experiencing uh, the High Lows and the Singers Unlimited and Lambert Hendrickson Ross and all these kind of groups. Um, the, the group Rare Silk that was out about when I was in college. I don't know if you remember that name. All these kind of groups, and I just kind of fell in love with the idea of singing. It, the same way that I'm playing in a saxophone section in a big band, you know, that close harmony. And I also, along the way, I started doing some gigs where, you know, people said, oh, you, you sing? Hey, let's sing some tunes with the band. I'm like, oh, sure, okay. And I just started, you know, being the guy that stands in front of the band and sings night and day or, you know, when sunny gets blue or whatever. And I started to realize, wow, you know what? I think I really enjoy this aspect of it, connecting to the lyric, connecting to the melody in a different way and all that. So as New York Voices got going in the late 80s, uh, New York Voices kind of grew out of um, Ithaca College. Uh, those who know the history there, Kim Nazarian, Peter Eldridge, and I are all Ithaca College grads and known each other forever. Um, I just got really excited about doing the group stuff, but also just always thought, you know, the, the solo singing thing is a part of my personality, as is the arranging, as is the saxophone all these kind of things. I don't know. I've always been, I don't know, like, I'm a utility infielder, I guess, <laughs> to make a baseball <laughs> analogy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's that time of year. So let me ask you this. Of all of the facets of what you have to do as a professional musician, what do you look forward to the most? What's, what's the big motivator? Well, wow, that's a good question. I mean, it's still that moment on stage. You know, I, I, love, I love recording. That's really fun. And you can get into the minutia uh, in a different way when you're recording. But jazz, in its purest sense, is not necessarily about dotting every I and crossing every T the way you might in the studio when you're trying to document something for, for, for history's sake or whatever. Um, it's the, it's the, sponta the spont spontaneous moment on stage. Um, and so I still look forward to that moment. Uh, I've got a couple of those coming up with New York Voices this week, and, you know, I'll be like, oh, yay, we get to back, get on stage and count off the tune and see how it goes. Um, that, that energy. I also have always been as interested or maybe even more interested in the collective. I've, I love what it feels like when the big band is just totally locked in and, and the sound is just amazing. And in the case of New York Voices, when the four-part stuff is just really rocking and that powerful sound is doing its thing, that to me is as exciting as, you know, me taking a scat solo or singing lead on a tune um, or playing a sax solo. So that that energy is something I always look forward to as well, uh, and uh, certainly with New York Voices. But I think if I was only doing that, I would get 
tired of that too. And that's where a project like uh, Losing My Mind comes in, a chance to just explore stuff on my own, within my own boundaries, with my own uh, expectations, uh, as opposed to trying to work through the shared expectations of a, of a quartet. So let's get to the essence of you. Everyone out there has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your fans, but ultimately you live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? <laughs> Who do you think you are, mister? Who do you um, think you are? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, I'm getting called out on the, in an interview. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, well, I, I, this is always a, a dangerous tag, but I, I do, you know, there's always that term, musician's musician. I, and, you know, it, it's kind of like a, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with that term, but I kind of feel like I'm that way. I'm a, I'm a really nerdy musician. I love getting inside the, the 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 all the harmony stuff and the rhythmic energy and and like you know the details that I can talk about you know music theory like for hours and and you know people start rolling their eyes it's like really okay enough of that um so when i get inside of music i i love exploring the i don't know the the the, the nuts and bolts of how it all works and and holds together and then how all of that support turns into something that you don't necessarily, hopefully you don't have to be like a nerdy theory musician person to appreciate the energy of that music. And that, that that's, that's the fine line. It's like getting inside the, 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 the details, but then when it all comes together, you can just be a general appreciator of the arts and kind of go, wow, I really, I really dug what that person was doing, or I really love the way that song comes together. I don't even know quite why I like it, but it's something something very cool happening there. So, you know, I'm an arranger. I think I'm an arranger as much as I am a performer. I love to 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 work through the 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 the, uh, the structure of it. Um, I mentioned I was a classical trained musician first, and I think that sense of classical structure and stuff is part of what sort of you know fuels the way I, I think about the way I arrange jazz as well. So, you know, yeah, the, the old musician's musician moniker, I guess, is the way I think of myself, I guess. So since we're coming from Kansas City, what's one of your best memories of coming through here with New York Voices that, that sticks out? Uh, well, most recently, actually a couple of times now, we've had a chance to play with the Kansas City Jazz Orchestra, which, first of all, Kudos to Kansas City and the musicians for having an organization like that. That's something that you don't find as often in the United States. You know, it's funny the you know the big band sound. I mean, that's that's like a, that's an American that's an iconic American uh, art form, and yet you don't find it as much on the professional level as 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 we'd like. I mean, you see it at the high school and college level, and then of course there's some killer you know, uh, the, the bands that come out of like, you know, the airmen of note out of the air force and things like that. But in terms of just like the pro guys putting together a big band man, the, the Kansas city jazz jazz orchestra stands out as one of our favorites to, to, uh, collaborate with. We did a concert last year and another one a few years ago, um, that, that those have been really cool. And we also played at the big, uh, what's, what's the name of the festival that takes place in vine and, the, the jazz festival that we've played there, God, it's been, but that might have been 10 years ago or now. I can't remember. Um, I remember having a really good concert at the jazz festival and also, gee, what a surprise, some very good barbecue. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So if anyone out there wants to pick up Losing My Mind, learn about any live shows, New York Voices work, anything that's going on in your world, where's the best place to go? 
Well, if you go to uh, my website, that always is a good place to find the CD. For those who still actually like to have the, the that round disc that we call a CD, um, that that that's available through my website. It's also available through CD Baby, um, and of course, you know, like everything these days, you can find my music on Spotify and Apple Music and all those digital uh, formats. Uh, and New York Voices, you can always go to the New York Voices website, which is newyorkvoices.com, and um, see what we're up to and where and, and what's what's next, what's coming around the corner. Right on. Well, hey, man, I'm glad that we finally got a chance to catch up, even though it's over the phone. It's wonderful to meet you. Thank you for opening up about your life and world and music. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Joe. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Mr. Meter for his time, music, and stories. If you want to hear more interviews, you can find Neon Jazz interviews on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe to us at YouTube. And for all things Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.